0: Well, hello, and thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Friday Reporter Podcast. Today's guest is, well, she's got a background that's very similar to mine, but also is, if you're in Washington, D.C., you are seeing more and more of Johanna Masca. She is the CEO of Global Situation Room, a contributor for The Hill and News Nation. And she, uh, well, she had a a great podcast that's award-winning. I'll let her tell us all about it. And a new one on the way. Johanna, thank you so much for being with me today.
1: Oh, Lisa, it is my pre- pleasure and privilege to be with you today.
0: So let's go back just a couple of years and talk a little bit about your background. You have a background in journalism, uh, and I'm sure that that informed the work that you did for the president. But tell me, walk me a little bit through your background and how you got started.
1: Yeah, so I went to the University of Kansas after growing up in Galesburg, Illinois. I was a waitress at Pizza Hut.
0: (laughs) We all have to start somewhere.
1: Good jobs, good jobs. No, um, I went to the University of Kansas. It was an incredible opportunity in Lawrence, Kansas to be surrounded by uh, just terrifically happy, optimistic people. And uh, I was a journalism student and I was part of the... um, uh, student newspaper. I was part of student politics, and then I was part of the student newspaper. Um, I was opinion editor, and uh, certainly had some opinions. I was actually thinking, Lisa, I I really want to write a letter to my younger self
0: because, like, right?
1: because I'd have some things to say to my younger self about all of my opinions. But, uh, that is why I went into politics. I actually, um, had met Gloria Steinem when she came to the university of Kansas to talk. And, uh, my mom and aunts and I went to wine with her. It was my 21st birthday Oh wow! and I was picking her brain and she was just, um, an incredible force. I mean, she said things, Lisa, like there was a baby crying in the audience and she said, it's okay. That's what they're supposed to do. Like, you're okay. You can stay in the audience. Mm -hmm. And it was just um, a a female presence of kindness and compassion. So I uh, did a summer uh, Institute program with her uh, and the work that she was doing. And then went back to the university of Kansas was involved in some efforts in the Midwest that she was involved in. Then I ended up working for Kathleen Sebelius. Um, Kathleen Sebelius, uh, of course, is uh, the former governor of Kansas, uh, a female uh, Democrat um, who had actually been married to a Republican, uh, the son of a big Republican name in Kansas. Uh, And so worked with her. uh, I was part of we were just actually reliving like our group in politics in Kansas and Democrats we were the donkey ballers softball team <laughs> <laughs> now you're getting like some real good resumes stuff I but love no it. i was involved in really the state level so i moved to Iowa actually for my husband um i got married uh, at 25 years old so my husband and I had met uh, my senior year in college, and um, he was my editor at the University of LA, Kansas. Oh, cool. And so we moved up to Iowa for his job for the Associated Press and then stayed there for the, uh, I guess I was involved in a gubernatorial election. We were there again for his job. But then when President Obama was even thinking of running, I was like, I will work for this man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. I ended up doing Lisa is I ended up figuring out that Paul Toos was going to be the state director, and uh Paul Toos is uh amazing um I still adore him. he's just an amazing motivator of people, and he was a brilliant mind that ran Iowa but then went on to run President obama's entire effort mm-hmm. um He gave me the opportunity doing press advance. And at the time, I was like, what's press advance?
0: <laughs> well, we're going to get into that because I think you and I both know that. But that's kind of this that's the sausage making that sometimes people parachuting from outside don't necessarily know. But it's a really yeah. critically important job for any campaign and White House and really political person.
1: It was. And at the time, you know, there's a lot of donors kids that get involved in that. And uh, Paul was very adamant. He wanted his people who are going to respect, empower, include to be the face of the campaign out and amongst with the field organizers really being the number one person. And so uh, I was really lucky to be brought on the campaign from him and then stayed with President Obama for two years of the campaign, six years, of the White House had my son. That was a lot. And then I left the (laughs) White House in 2015. And then I did. I actually I went back. I went to. Back into journalism world, I went to work for the Los Angeles Times mm-hmm. when uh, Austin Butner was in-house. He and Eli Broad had tried to buy it and turn it into a nonprofit. And I was um, pretty adamant that we need to have reliable journalism and facts. And uh, sadly, Eli Broad wasn't able to buy it at the time. So I left and stayed in Los Angeles and um, uh, have my firm with my business partner, Brett Bruin Global Situation Room.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so cool, and it's and so you're back and forth. You're 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 bicoastal, right? Because you're back and forth between uh, Los Angeles and Washington D.C.
1: Right now, yeah, <laughs> it's you know, like especially you know, being a mom, you have to figure out uh, how you're going to balance everything. But News Nation, I did election night with News Nation, and it was so different than the television I'd done before. And you've done so much in the media, you know, like sometimes you go on and people are kind of peacocks and they say whatever they're supposed to say, like the talking points. And then you find yourself in this position where you're just put in a corner, like trying to defend or, you know, try to come back. And that wasn't the conversation I wanted to have in the media, which is why I launched pod as woman with my former uh, female colleagues. I mean, we had seen our our bros who we worked with in the White House and respect Empower Include their um, perspectives, but we thought there were a lot of perspectives missing there. Alejandra yeah. the Campaverde is first generation. Her mom was an immigrant, single mother. Um, Darian Page is an Iraq war combat veteran. Oh, wow. is just so cool. And so we launched a podcast during the pandemic, like you <laughs> what, what yeah. else were we gonna do I, don't, I mean
0: i think it's what a, <laughs> I think it's what a lot everybody did something different right i, I know a, a lot of friends um I think you and I are are unique. There were, there were some podcasts, there were a lot of like learning how to play the drums and like, I have friends that have started like culinary uh, escapades and that are really flourishing and growing. I think it's awesome. And it's like, it's what really is the silver lining of the podcast, but pod as a woman is, I mean, was recognized in 2020 for being like podcast of the year. Um, It was
1: one of the top political podcasts. Yeah. I you know, I wanted to have more conversations with Republicans. Mm-hmm. And so that's what when I was on News Nation for election night, you know, it was so refreshing because Chris Steyer, of course, left Fox News after he correctly said that Biden had won Arizona yep. and was forced out of that uh, news organization. Well, a
0: small footnote, um, he was guest number two on our podcast, oh, on my podcast. So we've been Chris friends Dyerwald a long time. Did. The best. He's
1: awesome. He is really awesome. And Morgan Ortegas, who was uh, the Trump State Department spokeswoman, but is a reservist, a fellow mom. And, you know, the conversations we had that night Chris Cuomo was hosting, Leland was up in the um, decision desk area. Sure. (laughs) It was, the conversations that I've wanted to have with people, just honest. And so when News Nation asked me to be a political contributor and be part of this Hill show, which they're launching in conjunction with the Hill property, I was like, sign me up. So yeah. we'll figure it all out. And now I have my husband, um, you know, my son, thankfully my son's now 11, so much older. And he's like, yeah, go mom. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, they're still in Los Angeles, so we're figuring it all out. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's what we do, right? We're just we can we we are where we are, you know, and we do what we do. Um, but you do such a good job, and I love I love the way you have um, characterized the work that you're doing as a political contributor and, and part of this new launch, because it does really feel like a natural conversation. It's a lot less of the canned talking points that are sort of provided to you by your boss or your administration or your, whoever you're flacking <laughs> for. And it's That's more right. of a conversation that I think people can really tune into and tap into because you're speaking like someone who you know, has worked in, in administration, but you've also seen a lot of great communications. You've been a journalist yourself. You've done some really great things. And you're also, you're joined by people that are not maybe necessarily in the same headspace, but you find a lot of common ground. And that to me is really fun to watch. If it, it feels not only really natural and, and normal, but also really good. It's really, it's good content that you guys are putting together. And I appreciate that so much.
1: And Lisa, you and I both know, having worked up close in the administrations, um, there's no easy decision a president makes. The decisions that come to the president's desk are often the most awful, difficult decision. You know, Are you going to carry out a drone drone strike in an area where you know there are children who are likely going to be killed? Or are you going to wait for someone to potentially kill Americans? Mm -hmm. And those are the kinds of levels of decisions. And Often, you know, you see these um, people who maybe haven't seen that level of decision or for whatever reason, believe that their side is always right about everything. And you're like, what?
0: Yeah, it's (laughs) not that simple. It's it's not that that simple. simple.
1: (laughs) And the problem is, you know, the freedoms that we take for granted, you know, I want my child to have the same incredible opportunity that I've had to live the american dream and i really believe that it is still possible and um you know we need to get people pathways whether it's going into the military serving the country getting you know the opportunity in college and then getting the connections you need to be the best version of yourself but i want that dream preserved for so many generations beyond us and when we tear down our institutions for political gain which is what i see a lot it's like we're tearing families apart. Yeah. And that's personal to me because my family has always been pretty conservative.
0: Yeah. And and it seems to me like having come from a place that is traditionally more conservative and you've worked for a democratic uh, administration, it mm-hmm. seems to me like maybe you can also see both sides of the conversation maybe a little more clearly than some folks that grow up with and have a steady diet of the same every day, all day long, it seems as if your point of view is a little more around, right? It's a little more circular. You can see both sides.
1: Well, and having left the administration, like, again, gosh, that letter to my younger self, you are not right about everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. But,
1: you know, my, my, my brother, um, I remember after the administration, you know, he had been on one of those uh, cheaper healthcare plans. Um, and probably would have, you know, gone bankrupt if anything had happened to his family. But, um, but when we passed the affordable care act, he had to pay a lot of money Mm -hmm. for health insurance because now health insurance was required to have all of these things. And so you see the ramifications for someone like him, who's struggling, you know, with, all of the various things. And he said, like, how's healthcare working out for you? And he was right. Like I had healthcare paid for by the administration when I was in the administration. I mean, in part by my salary, right. But like a part, and then I had it, you know, at the LA times. And now as a small business owner, we have a Kaiser plan, but that we can only have in certain big cities and Kaiser is an affordable option, but it's still a huge burden that we pay for all of our staff. I don't, understand why as a society we think that it's a smart burden for our private sector to bear because it to me it inhibits small business growth absolutely so you know you see it from such a nuanced version and you're like, Wow, you guys! Can't we just all grow up and figure this stuff out?
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. And I mean, we made that joke last week. We we were uh, together on TV, and we yeah. sort of joked about the fact that comprehensive anything is like a bad word in this town anymore, right? Because we can barely walk and chew gum around here anymore. But it well, is and true. I loved
1: you being on the hill, and I can't wait for you to be on the hill more. Yeah. It it's it's refreshing conversations, and it's true. But that's the thing. I'm like. You know, if Lisa and I can agree on some comprehensive plan, maybe we should just put it in front of us. <laughs>
0: If only we had our way, right? Um, and you know i so I so I appreciate that so much about the work that you're doing there. and I love that that you you pop in and you pop out and you're you're spending so much time. It's a value and it's an important conversation that's happening. Um, but I want you to talk to me a little bit about this new project that you're working on because I know it's launching in just a couple of maybe four days, like early next week, I think press advance okay, hits. is cool. that right?
1: Yeah. Press advance is my new podcast. This yeah. is a solo adventure with the support of my global situation room team. We have a uh, situation room Studios. So we, after we did pod is a woman, we realized podcasts. I mean, you've got a podcast, you know, it can connect in a different way with people. Mm-hmm. Um, we have this one decision podcast that we produce with Sir Richard Dearlove, who's the former chief of MI6 and Julia McFarland. He's more conservative. She is a international affairs journalist. They talk to all sorts of people about, you know, the freedoms that we take for granted and uh, the different decisions that are being made internationally mm-hmm. and why, you know, we should be uh, concerned or, you know, what we should be paying attention to. Um, so we launched that and now we're launching uh, press advance, which is a political, a more political podcast. But the truth is the first season is entirely me having conversations with uh, people across the aisle mm-hmm. and with journalists who have covered um, the candidates and trying to get to know the candidates. Because I think too often we get into this cycle where the people who are already known dominate the oxygen. So you've got Biden, you know, who, who I... Joke in the podcast, we're kind of getting up there, people. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> a little bit. I go a little farther. But um, but truly, like, you know, we, we've dominated the oxygen with someone who's been in Congress since he was in his 20s. And Donald Trump, who's, you know, got a lot of oxygen from a television show, but has kind of a checkered past in business. And there are other people who are doing awesome things who are probably going to be the future of the Republican and the Democratic Party who don't always get the oxygen. So on this podcast, we start by talking across the aisle, both with um, I talked to Larry Hogan, who, of course, was considering a run. Awesome. Um, Very, very popular governor of Maryland. We know Um, uh, Morgan Ortegas, uh, Alyssa Farrah Griffin, uh, Samantha Dravis, um, Kristen Davidson, Lisa, I can't wait till we talk about, I'm talking to people who know people really well, or are already supporting them. So Kristen is supporting Ron DeSantis and we have a conversation in which we're talking about abortion in a way that, you know, I know it's very personal and very, like we have very strong beliefs mm-hmm. um, on different sides of the aisle, but the question is what should government do?
0: Right.
1: Balance these different beliefs.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, and so I'm excited to launch it. Uh, we've got four episodes dropping next Tuesday. Oh, that's And then so great. we'll have some more coming out uh, throughout. Oh, so that's really awesome. Excited.
0: On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. Well, we'll make sure in the show notes for for this episode that we make sure that the link is there so folks can be ready to subscribe and be listening and hearing these conversations. I think it's so cool. Um, Press advance, uh, from my point of view, are the people like you and me who go out ahead of the member mm-hmm. or the candidate or whoever to make sure the event is staged and happening and that the journalists know what to expect and really sort of all the contours of whatever it is they're headed to do has been handled in advance of their arrival so you are doing the press advance for all of your audience to learn more about the candidate before they arrive at the voting booth which so tell me if that's kind of a good character it, characterization it is. but yeah it is.
1: Also, my hope is kind of a play on words that we can press advance on this toxic moment.
0: Oh, you know, that we I love can that. Be,
1: well, and that we can be the leaders we've been waiting for. I think that's my biggest frustration, Lisa, is you kind of you watch all these folks and you're like, you guys, like, you know, better. You know, <laughs> like we don't have to do this. We don't have to play this game this way. And um, and so I think. It's the desire is to build the community of those of us who care and find community in having these difficult conversations and then watching the ball move forward instead of just resisting each other to our own detriment in every possible way.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. And I love the play on words too, because it makes a ton of sense. And it's the kind of thing that really is necessary. And I think a lot of people are feeling that way. I think for so long, we felt as if our elected officials were, were our leaders and that's who we would follow and we would listen to. And there's really a vacuum there now. It really doesn't feel as if there's a lot of grown ups in the room, even though they're all far, far older than you and I. So, uh, no. so I love that those conversations are happening.
1: Yeah. Well, and I really, I wanted the Biden administration to be that administration that was going to move forward and like hire Republicans, get the smartest people in there. And I look, there are a lot of incredible people in the administration who I still will root for. Um, but too often it's a lot of loyalists and we're not actually seeking the input of people who have a different experience. And, um, I I don't know who's going to ultimately be the candidates who are going to run for president. And I don't know, ultimately, you know, what all of us are going to suggest to people is the solution. Um, but I do know that we got to change this because working together, we'd have a lot more power than being so, so we're not that far apart. We just drive family apart families apart. That's right. For political gain.
0: That's right. Stupid. Yeah, no, it's so it's so true. It's so true. And it's a conversation that needs to be happening. And in a safe space where you can have that conversation with people that aren't necessarily the same as you that have different points of view where you can have a conversation. I love that. I love that. And I wish you so much success with it.
1: Oh, I'm so grateful. I mean, honestly, like living in Los Angeles, it's funny, because sometimes you see that hypocrisy on both, both sides, because I was living in I had my son in a uh, LA Promise School. So one of the lowest socioeconomic schools in the state, in the city. And um, so he was going to school with all the folks who are working really, really hard to afford a one bedroom apartment for six kids. Mm-hmm. and um, And so, you know, you had these fights where, of course, LA, we have a massive homeless problem because we've got Um, the ACLU sued the city for the rights of the homeless to live on the streets. Well, then you have kids who can't walk on the sidewalks to get to school because they're full of homeless encampments. And so you had some of these, you know, white liberals like going and being like, no, it's their right. Like when one of the city council members was trying to finally clean up the area and it's like, we got to balance this out because you got these kids literally walking in the streets. Like this is insane. This yeah. moment is insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so you see it really firsthand there. And it's like, we can do better for all of our kids, for those kids who are living in a, you know, one bedroom apartment with six family members trying to find their way to the American dream. We got to do better.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's no
1: and for the people who are living on the streets. We are not serving them. Also, they don't have Any of right. the services that they need. Yeah. It's like, What are we thinking?
0: Yeah. And we have to be able to do better. And it's not, we're headed in the wrong direction. And to your point, as a mom myself, it's the same. You know, you want better for your kids, just like our parents wanted for us. We're in a moment right now, and I believe we can transcend it, but we have to go through it. And the only way to go through it is to have those hard conversations. And it's... You're absolutely right, um, because I, I see it here in my own community, in Alexandria. You know, there's just so much that needs to be fixed, and 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 the community needs to be better served. And I know that we can do better. Uh, tell me though, as you as you're thinking about your podcast, as you're advancing your conversation on News Nation, the or the Hill News Nation, um, as you're ha- entering into these conversations, what kinds of trends do you think? um, are interesting you in terms of community as, cause you also consult with, with clients, what kinds of, yeah. are there trends? Are there new things sure. are the things you're following that you think are, um, either of concern or of interest for you?
1: Politicians have found success in resistance in standing against everything. And so we're seeing that weaponized in a way where businesses are going to be attacked. Um, that's, you know, reminiscent of Hugo Chavez's rise in Venezuela, Mm -hmm. Um, you're going to see these divisions fester in probably more scary ways when you have artificial intelligence and you have, you know, and I, I get very concerned about politicians only talking about artificial intelligence in the way of how it could affect elections and their jobs, because it's already affecting ordinary people's jobs. And that's why you have the writers striking for their own jobs for artificial intelligence and not to take their jobs. And so you see what's happened is a lot of these politicians are, are winning by resisting and not actually taking on the issues that the people are. I think what News Nation is doing differently is they're covering the things that concern People, Mm. whether it's a battery plant that's going in in Michigan that will, that their neighbors are selling to Chinese entities, their property, or it's a, you know, fight or a concern about, you know, a crash that has now led to massive pollution in an area that will affect our kids. That's the news that I'm seeing News Nation cover. And I do think that people have tired. From this toxic moment, you're never going to win everybody. But I think the vast majority of us just want people to work on the things that matter for Americans. Yeah. So my hope is if we can balance that out, we can bring some sanity to this conversation, do some checking of our own parties, and then get the best people into the primary and then ultimately the election. We shall see. Big uphill. I love it. We don't always get to be there when the change goes through. Valerie Jarrett was just talking about this um, because she was talking about all these young activists who were like, you, you did gay marriage so fast. And she was like, remember, President Obama didn't actually support gay marriage at the beginning when he ran for president. And so like, the truth is that it didn't happen fast. It Change happens for decades. That's right. So will we be successful? I pray in our children's future, we will be successful.
0: I believe it. I believe it. And I love that point of view. I always ask at the end of every conversation, Johanna, for a recommendation for another journalist or someone else in our space uh, as a future guest. Is there someone that comes to mind that you think I should talk to for a future episode?
1: Have you already talked to Margaret Talib?
0: I have not, and but I'll tell you that she's been recommended before, so now I can add you to, I've, now you're the number, you're well, the second okay. person.
1: So I just sent her some pictures of her in India, so maybe okay. I should <laughs> reignite that conversation. <laughs> Margaret's so smart. She is. She's someone who, you know, like she's really got, um, I think a good perspective on things. Um, Chrissy Parsons is another person who I just adore. She was one of the reasons that I wanted to go to the LA Times. She covered President Obama very early. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got some great journalists on the podcast too. Uh Julia Manchester on the Hill from the Hill, who was uh, with us, um, is great, but also, uh, Nikki Kelly, who's a local journalist in Indianapolis, um, is talking to us about Mike Pence. So I, I mean, gosh, journalists are, that's a great uh, list.
0: That's a dynamite list.
1: Their job are so important. I
0: couldn't agree more.
1: They have to be skeptics though. Mm -hmm. They cannot fall into this tribal trap of believing everything a politician says, because half the time they're not telling the truth.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. And, and, you know, the big part of the conversation that I've had for the most part is, is less about the politics and more about what they care about so that the public affairs people that I talk to and share the podcast with, and and the, you know, all the folks that have downloaded the show, get a better point of view of what it is. The journalist is writing about rather than what can I do to spin them in a different way. It's more about how do I better tailor my conversation with them, find out more about them and have a real conversation that makes good sense that also results in maybe being helpful to a story, not necessarily shaping it in a way that it needs to be shaped, more advising, offering, being, you know, relevant and helpful. Um, This is a dynamite list. I'm putting them all on my list. And I was
1: just thinking Kelly Meyer too, who's doing News Nation. She's on the trail with News Nation she's awesome I'm like how is she she was traveling and somehow got back to Iowa she was in Australia and Iowa I don't know how
0: she does it I do know Kelly well wow wow wow, lady and I'll preview I'll preview (laughs) this today in fact uh both the hill and news nation are doing a June takeover of this podcast so I have a long list of dynamite colleagues that I know you already know and work with that will be guests over the course of the month of June we have five Fridays in June so so, um, five guests from there. So I'll be talking to a lot of your friends and colleagues, uh, Johanna, thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. I cannot wait to share this podcast with this episode, with my audience. I cannot wait to listen to your new podcast, which is called press Advance, which comes out next week. The, the link will be in the show notes and we will talk again soon, my friend.
1: I'm really grateful, Lisa. And there you have it, another
0: episode of the Friday Reporter Podcast in partnership with PR Daily and coming soon to a platform near you on Big week Podcasts. See you next week.